Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Yo Show. Yo. Yo. Right here on your favorite station, blogtalkradio.com, home of some of the greatest technology ever invented. Sure thing. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. Jeff the Shark Perini with you this evening, and as always... As always, I don't quite know what happened there to Joel Tatey. He just suddenly gave me the look of, oh, my God, I just shut down. Which is not good. Again, the magic of Block Talk Radio. Anyway, let's get started. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the show, TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. Probably the only time in life you'll ever say thank God it's Monday because Mondays, you know, it's got that feel. Especially a Monday after a Sunday where the hometown Philadelphia Eagles lose to the Dallas Cowboys. And which was an absolutely, positively terrible performance. Terrible performance, Joel Tatey. I couldn't even stomach it. You know, I was watching the last minutes, like, just on my phone, like, checking to see who had the ball because I didn't want to watch. It was just so bad. It was disgusting. It was the worst game of the year. I know they lost by a touchdown, but still, that's, it's, it's horrible. Dallas came in as a, as a beaten team, a team in a lot of trouble. We're a team that had a bye week. We got the win over in London against Jacksonville. Things were looking up. Four and four. And they blew it. Absolutely terrible. And now they've lost uh, another player, Ronald Darby. They're probably their best corner, which isn't saying much, because none of these guys can really cover crap. But Darby's now out for the year. As they head into next week's game against probably the best team in football right now, the New Orleans Saints. That'll be dynamite. It's going to be a dynamite game. Yeah. Disgusted. Yeah, I'm disgusted. It's just so unpredictable. Like, I, I, I just can't. Like... Every single sports broadcaster, we have it in the bag, not even worried. Like, I'm not even worried. And oh, yeah. Alex, Alex Holly on Fox 29, and she's like, no, like, seriously, like, this could be flip or flop. Like, should we be worried? And he's like, absolutely should not be worried. <laughs> yeah, they're all saying, and then today they're all trying to backtrack. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I said it, but you never know now. That's why I'm sick of the sports casting in this town. Never underestimate anybody. They came in here, they beat you, they kind of made you look bad in several moments. So now the Eagles were four and five. They actually fell below Dallas in the standings. Dallas actually was a tiebreaker now. So they're in second. We're now in third in our own division, and it's looking bleak. And that's that. Enjoy your Super Bowl from last year, folks, because you sure as heck ain't going back this year. Uh, tonight, if you're in the mood, a dynamite clunker <laughs> after you're done with us. The uh, New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers, Monday Night Football, it's about as bad as it gets. Wow, it's going to be a bad game. Um, Philly Sports was saved a little bit this past weekend. If you're a Sixers fan, Jimmy Butler acquired from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that gives the Sixers its big three. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler. Here's something that Butler can work some magic and 
get the Sixers on track. Flyers on track. They won a couple games in a row. So that's going good. Not too bad. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to dwell too much on it. I'm going to uh, get down to the actual business here. First off, let's start off by uh, thanking Monday's guests. We had two guests Monday. Good stuff. We had uh, Kim Cameron and uh, Shayla Edmonds. I'm going to say her name wrong. (laughs) I was warned about it. Shayla Edmonds and Kim Cameron. Awesome guests. That was Monday, uh, last Monday. Wednesday, we had something we got going on now, more technical difficulty. So everything, you know. So. But today, we've got a super-duper busy program. We're very excited about it. We've got three guests coming at you. We're all going to be performing at the same show. Uh, the Indie Collaborative, which is a show that's going to be taking place at the legendary Carnegie Hall in New York. We've got three big of the headlining acts with this. Very big deal. That's big stuff. Carnegie Hall is about as legendary as it gets. So tonight we have um, artists from all different walks. We've got Eileen Sherman, Grant Malloy-Smith, and all the way from South Africa... In town, he's in New York, a Grammy award-winning, we say flutist here in America, they say flatist over there where he's from, Walter Kellerman. Big stuff, Grammy award-winner, actually very popular in all walks, world artist, he just, he's, he's everywhere and he's, he's big time. And um, kind of a last-minute addition to our show, so hopefully uh, that interview goes well, we thank... Um, you know, we thank everybody for getting him out here tonight, and he's in town, so we kind of got him in here last minute, so that's exciting. And Indie Collaborative pretty much says it all, because um, Eileen is an amazing playwright, author, Grant is a wonderful Americana roots artist, and then Wilder is a world-renowned flutist. I'm going to mix that up all night long. But, <laughs> I know, it's something. Grammy award winning, like big time. Like this is gonna be an episode to go down in the books. Yeah, they're all here on our little program. How wonderful is that? That's awesome. Awesome. Like and I'm gonna check and see what night they're on Joe Rogan. Oh they're not. How about that? They're not. <laughs> Only on here. They're here tonight. On the Yo Show. You know we're a Philly show, but, you know, we come from Philly. We bring you the world. That's our logo. And tonight we're bringing you the world big time. Some country music, some Broadway-type stuff. Uh, the South African flautist. Man, I don't even feel sophisticated. I feel like I should be dressed up or something. Well, you should, like a sweater you know, not be from America when you say flautist. Or, <laughs> or I look what? up. Let's uh, let's decide what we're going to say now, <laughs> because the man's <laughs> going to be on our show a little later. Okay. You know, flutus, 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 flutus. Let's, let's see what he prefers. Okay. Let's just go with that. That's a question. We can ask him a question. What do you prefer? Okay. Okay. I like it. Very exciting. That all three of them now. We're not quite sure how it's going to work. We're trying to break them up in uh, two calls and one call, or we might have all three at once. We're not really sure. 
But that's what we do. We fly by the seat of our pants. We make it work. We have a great time. Coming tonight, we had Aaron Paul on here. Aaron Paul was here, and then Nathan James called in. A few minutes later, Dr. Dre called in. We had three people at once. No script. Everybody kind of flying by the seat of their pants. That's what we do here. It's fun. Absolutely. That's why we're the Yo Show. Uh, that's why we are the Yo Show. We're already running real late, 3808. And we got so much to do tonight. Three guests, songs to play, and of course, top five in honor of, rest in peace, 95 years old today, the legendary Mr. Stanley passed away today, folks. What do you say? Marvel Comics, just like the, the godfather of comic book writing and a man who appeared in all his movies and little cameos and the man that wrote just the legends of comics passed away today at 95 lived a full life guy uh, oh, he seemed healthy seemed like he was the guy that was never going to pass we'll be losing today, the X-Men the Avengers the whole nine yards 95 so tonight we are dedicating a little choked up sorry about that <laughs> we are dedicating our top five list to Mr. Stanley we're going to go with top five favorite Stan Lee or Marvel Universe characters. I will uh, start off. I've got a tie at number five because i got to get both of these people on my list. Um, yeah. Stripperella. Oh, I, I had to. You know why? Because it is... But that's the world of Stan Lee. No matter how outlandish it is, crazy it sounds, he makes it work. And then it came out that they had the Spike TV series with Pam Anderson as the voice of Stripperella. And, but it was I thought so she different. was Barbarella. She was Barbarella also, but she was oh, also Barb Wire. Right. Barb Wire, okay. right. Yeah. Barbarella <laughs> was Jane Fonda. We don't talk about her on the show. But uh, yeah, Stripperella. And uh, Tide. And I know the movie brought him out more, but the character of Loki. Loki was dynamite. No, he's a bad guy, but. Dynamite, and the movie made him that much better. Big Loki guy. So that's a tie at number five. Number four, Ant-Man. Love Ant-Man. And again, the, the obscure of Stan Lee. Very little ant-sized person. Such a great superhero. And again, the movies made him even better. So Ant-Man, number four. Number three, got to have the Incredible Hulk. I always loved the Hulk. I used to love the Hulk TV show with Lou Ferrigno. And always loved the Hulk comic book and... Movies and everything. Hulk, definitely big on my list. He's number three. Number two is The Thing. I love Thing. It's like a big rock. But he was like so big. And he would talk real good. A Hulk, but a rock. (laughs) A Hulk, but right. Like a Hulk-formed rock. I loved him. He was number two. Number one, of course. Come on. Spider-Man all day long. You can't say Stan Lee and Marvel without Spider-Man. And I loved Spider-Man. And everything that's done Spider-Man, with the exception of Andrew Garfield, no offense, um, the corny, like, 80s TV show, I love that one. The comic, yeah. uh, the cartoon, uh, Tobey Maguire, uh, the, this new kid that they got, Tom Spider-Man Holland. all the way. He's awesome. I love him. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> he might be the best. He may be the best yeah. one. That's saying a lot. Tobin was really good, but this kid's great. So that's uh, that's my top five, top six, if you will. Thank you, Mr. Stan Lee. Jill Katie, her top five Stan Lee list. You know, and I just have to say really quick, I was fortunate enough, me and Mike, because, you know, Mike Lee 
delved me into the Marvel universe. I'm more of a DC person. You know, I love Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, all that. But Mike is definitely a Marvel guy. Man, that first Comic-Con we went to, I mean, we were up close and personal. We were about 10 feet away from Stanley, And, you know, Mike got all fanboyed out. And he's like, hey, hey, Stan. And Stan's like, hi. Like, he was gracious <laughs> enough to say hi to us. We saw Lou Ferrigno there. We're about 10 feet away from him. Like, yeah. it was just... It was just a different time before the whole Comic-Con experience, like, blew up. So um, it was cool to see. I'm glad we got to be there. And, you know, he's a legend. He's He was a living legend, and his legacy yeah. will forever live on. So we love you, Stan. And here's my top five. I did have a top uh, a tie at number five, too. I had Groot. Awesome. Who doesn't love Groot? Groot. I mean, Groot's a little plant. Dancing his little butt off, and then he grows all big and he kicks some butt. And Deadpool. Now, I I knew about Deadpool because of Mike. He had the video game like years before the movies came out, and this was a gritty character. Like I just never heard those words spoken by a superhero. But and then Ryan Reynolds brought brought him to life. So gotta love Deadpool. It's definitely better. Uh, it's definitely better than Stripperella. Yeah, I would say. I blew that. Um, <laughs> I blew it. One and only woman on my list is number four, Jean Grey. Jean Grey is just a bad yeah. ass. I mean, she's ex-woman. She could take them all down and then some. Uh, love her. Love that actress, too. She's in a lot of good stuff. Um, number three, Iron Man. If Robert Downey Jr. wasn't the perfect casting for Iron Man, and, man, he just... I mean, he just looks better and better as he gets older. But if he didn't play that part to a T, and not only that, but like goes to hospitals as Iron Man and does all the, you know, work with the kids and everything like that. So, love Iron Man. Number two, Thor. I, I, I just love the character. I love that he's a god and he's brought down to earth and he has to, you know, get to know everything. And Chris Hemsworth. I actually bought my sister a ticket to get her photo done with Chris Hemsworth and it like made wow. her day and uh yeah he was super awesome. Um so gotta love Thor and number one, of course, has to be Spider Man. I mean that was Stan Lee. Like he made Spider Man yeah. because he was he was that kid. He was that kid that, you know, got picked on and man, if so many young boys couldn't relate to that and like what his legacy has done for kids like him and, and bullies know putting that message out there so i love spider-man and um you know what one thing i've read that really made me sad because i didn't even know he was 95 i mean i maybe thought late 80s but he said his eyesight was going and he couldn't read his comic books anymore that just made me like super sad but rest in peace we love you and you will live on forever yeah, we'll probably get into a little more Stanley later on. We've got a lot to talk about, stuff I want to talk about yep. that I did this past weekend, stuff coming up this weekend, and just so much stuff. But like I said, we got artists on, and we like to get to their music. Let's rehash the top five real quick. We'll go with Jules, side number five, Bruton, the amazing Deadpool, of course, Jean Grey at number four, number three, Iron Man, number two, Thor, number one, Spider-Man. Uh, I pretty much went the same way. Um <laughs> Stripperella, of course, legendary. Tied <laughs> <laughs> with tied with Loki. And then there's uh, Ant Man, the Incredible Hulk, Thing, and of course Spider Man himself. So that's it. It's a great list. 
a great list. Let's get to uh, let's go to music. Like I said, we've got guests on. They're going to be coming on probably in another 15 minutes. So let's get some songs in. We like to play the music of the, of the guests that are coming on and are coming at us like wildfire night. So this first one's going to be a song uh, by Eileen Sherman, and it's called Stand Up Proud. About three minutes and 43 seconds. It's one of our three very special guests playing Carnegie Hall November 19th, coming up real soon. Eileen Sherman. Stand up proud. We'll be back in a few minutes. Enjoy here on the You Show. Children watch. Children hear. Grant them all freedom from Children must learn not to hate the world is there to make our actions do indeed for generations plant a seed make no are given right to address the things we call absurd. Democracy works best when people put it to the test. Stand up, be heard. It takes guts to be free and defend sweet liberty. Evil thrives when men were weak. They looked away. Oh! 
Awesome. Stand Up Proud, uh, written by Eileen Sherman, composed by her sister, the family actor, and sung by Lilius White. Excellent song. Um, as you know, Eileen does a lot of uh, like Broadway-type shows and musicals, and that fits her genre perfect. It's a great song. Right here on the Yo Show, one of our many guests this evening, Eileen Sherman. Yes, and this Stand is a Grammy-nominated song, so this is like such a huge honor to have Grammy Eileen on with us tonight. Yeah. Grammy nominations have been our theme lately. I mean, it's amazing. Just to, you know, like talk our, and it's it's just yeah, the top uh, of the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are your Grammy station right here right? on the Oscar. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Great <laughs> Good song. Very, um, very upbeat, very uh, Americana, if you will. Very uh, patriotic. patriotic. Enjoyable. Yes. That's the word of the night. I love but we're not done yet with music. We're going to get right back at it. Cause like I said, the guests are supposed to be joining us around 30. We'll make sure that everybody gets their play, and if we run late, then we'll play Walter's song after. Depends on when they all come on. We're not quite sure how it's going to work. It's going to be free-forming and a whole lot of fun. Anyway, Grant Malloy Smith, um, country music and Americana root, if you will. Got a song called Old Black Roller. No, not Old Black Water. Old Black Roller. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, this one's about three minutes and nine seconds long. One of our guests, Sydney Grant Malloy Smith, Old Black Roller. Check it out right now on The Yo Show, and we'll be back with you in a few minutes. Enjoy. Let us breathe. 
All right. Grant Malloy Smith. Old Black Roller. Nice, fun ending. Very brings me home with a bang. I love stuff. I love songs that just mm-hmm. thunder to the ending. It's great stuff. One of our uh, one of our three guests coming on this evening. So at 8.25, it's a few minutes, I guess, since, until our guests come on. Am I correct? So maybe we can try to... Should we sneak in the last song or kind of hold it back a little bit later? I think we should. Let's just go for it. Let's go for it. It is uh, it's called Malika. By Walter Kellerman. If they call, it's about five minutes and twenty seconds. But if they call in, they all get to enjoy his song, and then we'll plug everybody in and get to the interview. Uh, let's uh, just keep going with music. Let's make sure everybody gets heard. That's what we like to do here. We got artists that are gifted. They're Grammy nominated. Grammy so winning. We definitely like to play their stuff. Grammy winning. Right. Grammy winning. Grammy nominated. So we like to get their stuff heard. Everything. <laughs> right. Thank you. No, <laughs> uh, this, this is uh, Malika by Walter Kellerman. We'll be back to you in about five minutes. Enjoy one more time right here on the You Show. Like I'm not going 
Well, now Stan, the uh, flutist magic, Wilder Kellerman with Malika. We got calls coming in as we speak, so we've got guests plenty, and let's get to it right now. Good evening, and welcome to the Yo Show. Uh, we're glad that uh, you took some time to hang on with us before we got showing while we finished some songs. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing just great. This is Eileen yeah. Sherman, so so nice yeah. to be here. I'm, uh, this is Grandma Lori Smith. I'm also here. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for coming on. We're doing great. Uh, we, we love playing everybody's music, so we had to make sure everybody's songs got on. So we appreciate you guys waiting <laughs> a few extra minutes while we got you in. But thank you both so much for no coming problem. on. And uh, I guess let's get right to the big question everybody has. The show is uh, Indie Collaborative. It's um, mm-hmm. November 19th at Carnegie Hall. How did the two years get involved in this show, and, and what can we expect on with this lineup? Well, maybe we need to give you a little bit of a backstory. I'll start, and then Grant will Please. will be the closer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So Grant, <laughs> Grant and I Grant and I met uh, a few years ago. We did not know each other. But uh, we were basically simultaneously, we had this idea about how indie artists needed to be able to connect um, and network and be able to collaborate with one another and to actually cross genres, not just because I'm in musical theater, not just people in musical theater working with musical theater or grants in Americana Roots, just Americana Roots people working with each other, but we would all cross genres. We would all get to know each other's music and each other's styles and see how we could help each other um, in Mm -hmm. one way or the other. And um, so we met as strangers, but we were thinking about the same thing. And uh, a little bit more than three years ago, we had our first event, and it was uh, in Tribeca in New York City at the Drama League. And what started out with uh, about 75 people that night is now over 2,000 members worldwide. Wow. And, um, yeah, and I'll let Grant take it from here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so now we you. You, know, you know, we got together, and we just uh, – everybody played one song. Or, or if they didn't play, like say, say you wrote lyrics and you're not a musician – you could get up there and say, hey, I write lyrics, and I'm looking for uh, a composer to, to work with, to make songs together, or whatever, you know. So uh, we had a beautiful evening like that, and since then we've done these events, like Indie Collaborative Showcases, um, basically just private showcases for uh, we people in the Indie Collab, uh, in several times in Los Angeles, three times in New York. We've done Atlanta, we've done Philly, Chicago, Nashville, San Francisco, you know, all over the whole country. So what we wanted to do this time after we've done, I think it's 14 events now, we wanted to go and open our events up to the public. So being the founders, Eileen, uh, who's uh, songwriting partners with her sister, Gail Bluestone, and, mm-hmm. and me yep. and one of the other founding members of the Indie Collab, we wanted to put on a showcase of the indie, just a few indie collaborative people for the public in general. And that's what the Carnegie Hall show has been. So basically, we've been leading up to doing this kind of thing and opening up what we do to the public. So that's what we're right. very excited about a week from tonight on the 19th of November. That's right. We wanted we wanted to introduce to the, the world, basically, the concept of our Indie Collaborative. And our members are just incredibly, incredibly gifted musicians in so many different areas. Um, And many Grammy winners, Emmy Award winners, uh, you know, top Mm -hmm. ten charting, billboard artists. It's just incredible. And everybody comes to the uh, table with a different gift. 
and everybody collaborates. Right. That's an amazing concept just to put the whole show together. Um, how, how difficult was it to get everyone together and on the same page and in the same city at the same time? Well, it's, well, it's, it's a little bit of... like uh, putting cats in a paper bag in some ways, but <laughs> also it's also extremely fulfilling and lots of fun too. You know, because we're all we're all sorry. I think I cut you off, Eileen. But go ahead and say what you were going to say. Well, no, I mean it's 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 sometimes it can be difficult to um, you think it's going to be difficult, and yet at the same time, all of a sudden, suddenly everybody shows up, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that. This really all happened organically. It's like it's really by word of mouth. It's through social media and everyone. Um, and, in fact, you know, I've learned even since we started, you know, promoting and putting our Carnegie Hall uh, concert together, I've learned about many people now who are now joining the Indie Collaborative. It's all really uh, organic mm-hmm. in growth, and it's very exciting. Yeah. So yeah, is this open really to anyone, or do they have to have certain credentials to join? No, that, I think that's the best thing about the Indie Collaborative. We're not – there's no threshold. The only thing that we ask before you join us is that you're really serious about music and, or the music business. So maybe you're really serious about being a music publisher or promoter or a manager or something like that or, or that, that kind of thing. Most of our members are actually musicians or writers of some kind or performers. But you don't have to be a Grammy winner. You don't have to have all kinds of accolades. You know, we, we always use the analogy that the music business is like a very tall ladder, you know, and all of our members are on different rungs of the ladder. Some are way up high, like Voter Kellerman, his beautiful music we just heard. He's got two Grammy, nation, Grammy nominations, and he's won a Grammy just a few years ago. I was sitting right behind him when he won it. And then there's people wow. like wow. Eileen and her sister that won Emmy Awards. And, and we, at, at the same time, we have people that just, you know, they play in their local holiday. They love music and they want to make a career. <laughs> but they're very serious about it. So there are different, you know, we're all different levels. And by being together, it's very inspiring for the people on the lower, you know, rungs of the ladder to see someone yeah. in the same group and get to talk to them and, and get to play on the same stage, you know, one night. Um, with someone who won three Grammys or something like that. But anybody who's really serious about music can just join us, and there's no cost to join us. Right. You do have to be a professional. You do have to be actually working at at your... um, you know, at your craft. Um, but but other than that, you don't have to belong to any other organization, and um, you just everybody is embraced equally, and it is very exciting. It is. Yeah. It's awesome. Sounds great. Now you're both like you're both very accomplished artists. Like we said, Wilder will have him on. Also very accomplished. But do you still think like, wow, Carnegie Hall? I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Like, what kind of excitement goes yeah. into playing an arena like this? <laughs> Well, it it's equal deal. parts excitement and terror. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun, though. We're really excited about it. We really are. It is It is a big deal, and it is wonderful, and it is very, yeah. very exciting. Absolutely exciting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and so this is a very good example of what the Indie Collaborative is. I don't believe on my own I would have ever thought to do something like this. I don't know whether Grant on his own would have, no. but no, not yet. And Voter had already played uh, um, in Carnegie Hall, so that kind of inspired mm-hmm. us and said, "Well, Voter's done it; we can do it." And so we really joined yeah. the forces together. Yes, right, because you're yeah. kind of on opposite ends of the 
spectrum a little bit. Um, have you ever thought about collaborating yourselves and, and maybe um, Eileen, you writing something for Grant or, or would that work in a way? <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it might, we, we, but we really haven't. Yeah. Why not? It, it, exactly. I mean, you know, if, if it all, I, I will tell you that, and within our members, so we have another very, very accomplished member, a Grammy nominee, Linda Torney, who's now gone into um, filmmaking. And when mm-hmm. she was putting on this, and, and it's, it, is, it is a wonderful, wonderful film called um, Only When I Sing. And, um, and so I have to tell you that when she needed some people within our, um, within our group, there are professional actors as well. And he, she put out a call. Mm-hmm. And so within that and the music, the music is right there. And it, it's very exciting. So it is mm-hmm. a wonderful resource. And that's another very, and we have a million different examples how people have reached out to each other. Yeah. That's so cool. And it's so cool that you don't have any really strict guidelines to get in. It's just artists helping other artists. And and that means the world to young artists coming out. Um, Yeah. We love love to have um, artists in the Philly area, especially because that's home to us. And just the drive that Mm -hmm. some of these kids have is amazing. And all they need is that one push that really, like, sends them sure. over the edge and we've seen a couple a couple of our guests that you know they had maybe one or two songs out and now they're touring america so it's just it's people like you two that really get the ball rolling and um it's it's just you should be um so proud of that um i, w- I wanted to ask you really quick eileen uh you're from atlantic city that's like a second home to me and jeff <laughs> we're there oh, all the yeah. time okay um how, so, how was it growing up i just wanted to hear about you know a little bit of your days there and, and how you got to New York in the beginning. Okay, well, um, I, I did. I grew up, I was born in Atlantic City Hospital, and so I grew up oh. in greater Atlantic <laughs> City. If you know if you know Atlantic City, you know it's Atlantic, it's on Apsecon Island, and mm-hmm. it's Atlantic City, and then if you cross the street, then you're in Ventnor, and then if you cross another street, you're in Margate, and then if you cross yes. another street, you're in Longport. Okay, so I grew up in uh, I grew up in Ventnor. I grew up with all your um, listeners. They play Monopoly. I grew up on Atlantic Avenue. I grew up okay, and I and I grew up um, just uh, a block. Then I was on the beach block on the corner. We could just run down and you know jump into the ocean. So I was right there by the Atlantic Ocean. And but my um, sister Gail, who is the composer and I'm the lyricist, she from a very little girl was very gifted um, as uh, at the piano. That's all she ever wanted from the time she was a toddler was to be sitting at a piano and playing. And um, we grew up with musical theater. My parents loved Broadway. And uh, it's not like we were into New York all the time, but they would always get the vinyl albums. And, uh, and I'd love to sing and dance. And we would have family concerts. And, uh, and it was just wonderful. My dad had a great voice. And they, they, of course, introduced us to the older, the real American standards of Gershwin and Irving Berlin and Cole Porter. Mm-hmm. And so we grew up with all that. And uh, we just, it just became... Came a love of ours, and when my sister and I began um, collaborating together, which actually didn't begin in New York, began when I was living in Kansas City, and I had auditioned Hallmark, has Hallmark cards, and Kansas City's the home of Hallmark cards. Um, mm-hmm. 
they had a new uh, family theater, and I auditioned as an actress, but I wrote something, and they said, would you like to write for us? That's how I became a playwright. And, um, I, and of course, you needed a composer, and I never really thought about being a lyricist, but I had memorized every lyric I had ever heard um, from every Broadway show, and, um, <laughs> and I loved it. I, you know, I loved all of that. And so I called my sister, and I said, do you want to write together? And, you know, we could work, you know, do some shows for this Hallmark uh, Children's Theater. And she said, sure. And that's how the collaboration began. And we went from there to writing television musicals for Chicago. That's where we were lucky enough to win the Emmy Award. And from there, uh, we came back to New York City. So that's that's basically how it all went. That's amazing. And I was going to ask the origin of you and your sister and, and how you got started. That's so cool that it was a family affair. And it's really neat. How, See, how she, even they started out as collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I have to tell you, anybody, anyone who understands musical theater, that is like the biggest style of collaboration ever. If you ever have been part of a creative team of a piece of musical theater, because then you have not just the director, choreographer, the set designer, the costume designer, the lighting designer, the sound designer, and everything has to serve the story to move the story along. And so it is really, really an interesting, and I think that's why I'm so attracted to the idea of the indie collaborative, because I've really grown up in that world. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's my story. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, let's uh, let's go on the other side. Let's get a little bit of uh, your background, Grant. Uh, you came more from the Florida area, and um, mm-hmm. some of your influences. What got you into the music business? Yeah, well, when I grew up, uh, my first musical uh, inspirations were a combination of old bluegrass and old-time country music from my, my grandmother and my mother from Kentucky, East Kentucky. And uh, on the other side, you know, the whole world was going crazy about the Beatles. And so I was kind of torn sure. between those two worlds. I, I loved them both. They were kind of ir- irreconcilable in a lot of ways, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> when you're a kid, you can, you know, you can adopt a lot of different sensibilities. But, um, sure. th- yeah, that was on the Florida panhandle, what we jokingly call lower Alabama, the part of Florida that <laughs> just got hit by a big hurricane about a month ago. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but then I – so when I was younger, I did more like the rock and roll kind of stuff. And then when I – as I got older, I, I gravitated back toward that, you know, early rootsy kind of music, like the old-style country and mountain music that my grandmother particularly liked a lot. And uh, when I when I was a kid, I thought that music was kind of old-fashioned and sounded like a bunch of old people playing a bunch of lame acoustic instruments. And, and of course, now I'm an old guy playing a bunch of lame acoustic instruments. So oh, it, no. it, came, it came home to roost. <laughs> but this is the kind of music I really like. I think I was, I think I was made for it. Yeah, the music's really good. Uh, we played um, Old Black Roller, which is a great song. Um, and, of course, I was going to ask you, I mean, how do you like, do you like today's country music? Do you think it's a little too much... Um, mainstream, a little too commercial, and it's not really about anything, but your music has a little more of a feel. How do you feel about today's country sound? I don't listen to any of it. I, I don't, because I don't like, <laughs> it's not not to put it all down, uh, but I like songs that are about things, not just about a girl in cut-off jeans or whiskey bottles or trucks or, you know, that's that's for, to me, that's like for children. I'm not interested in that. 
I, I like yeah. music that has a little bit more more depth and and, and it doesn't, I'm not saying I have to write war and peace with every song, but it could. We just got to be a little bit better than writing songs about whiskey bottles and pickup trucks. That's that, to me. That's for children. And that leads me to my next question because <laughs> you just take great care in in your writing and you really do your research. Um, your album Dust Bowl American Stories really went in depth with the Great Depression and um, mm-hmm. the events that were happening in Oklahoma at the time. Um, can you talk yeah. a little bit about the history and, and what drove you to um, come up with those stories and, and how you incorporate a lot of historical facts into your music? Sure. I just got fascinated by the whole Dust Bowl thing. You know, I wrote a song. This is like going back four years now. I wrote a song one day, and I just blurted out some words that sounded like the song should be about people living through a terrible drought. And I thought, well, i got to change that because who wants to hear a song about a drought that's kind of – it's deep, but it's kind of not so uh, interesting or entertaining, you know. So, But then the more I thought about it, the more I, I, I said, I just got to make it work because I, lo- I just love these lyrics and the way they sound. I got to where, – where was a big drought that I could write about? I need, I need more input, you know. So I went on the Internet, and then I quickly discovered – I mean, I remember the Dust Bowl from school a little bit, but very little. But when I went on the Internet and started researching it, I realized – this is what the whole, not just this song, but this entire album needs to be put in that world because it's so significant. It's a cautionary tale about that, that we're, we're, the reverberations are still true today, you know, about the environment. You know, it was a, almost a 10-year drought, by the way, and it caused also a displacement of uh, three or four million Americans who suddenly became almost like illegal aliens inside their own country because they, wherever they went, no one wanted them because there were too many of them. And uh, you know, can you imagine all of a sudden in your little town, wherever you live, suddenly the population tripled almost overnight, and and the people that came in had nothing. They had nothing. They set up vast camps in empty in open fields, just trying to Shady live, and trying to survive. Yep. And uh, yeah. of course, there weren't any protections about minimum wage or anything like that back in the 1930s. So they got really mistreated badly by the companies which led to kind of the, the labor movement that followed in the, in the late 30s with the, the rise of the unions and so on. So there's, And it's also the time of the Great Depression to make it all just even more fun. So there's so many different threads that, that intersect in time before that with the Native Americans in the 1830s and then, and then all the way up to today. I just thought so fascinating. I've got to make the whole record be about that and, and make every song part of that puzzle, part of that world. That's so great, and it it, it really uh, it reminded me of uh, Bruce Springsteen album um, goes to Tom Joad because that was around the mm-hmm. same era, and and he's big. Yeah, you know, yeah. Basically, he was channeling. If you've read The Grapes of Wrath by Steinbeck, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. basically that's what uh, Springsteen was uh, channeling. He obviously read the book and loved it because it's it's about the sort of the uh, exodus out of Oklahoma with the fictional Joad family. It's one of the greatest works of literature of uh, American history, I think, the Steinbeck novel, Grapes of Wrath. And uh, well, he, he basically music, wrote his record to celebrate that book. But it, you, I mean, it, you and, and his album, I mean, it really just paints a picture and it puts you in mm-hmm. that scene and, and the struggle yeah. these people had to go through. It's just, it, it's, mm-hmm. it really was depressing, but, it, you know, you get the feel <laughs> of it through your music. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people survived, and I think that's the good thing. And it's like a, a movie that has a, a beautiful beginning and then things turn bad, you know, like they did when the, when the stopped raining. And then these enormous dust storms came and wiped out everything. And uh, millions of people got displaced. Uh, even, and even 
you know, dead and so on. But then there's a happy ending because it does start raining and the economy recovered and, you know, life almost went back to normal again. So you have a, a beginning and a middle and an end just like any good story should have. But unlike a story, it's real It's real life. It's real history. Absolutely. Yep. Tough. Um I wanted to ask Eileen because we played a song of yours, uh, Stand Up Proud, an anthem for freedom. Um, give us the, the background of the song. It sounds very much like uh, something for all America to kind of embrace, kind of very patriotic song. What was your thought process behind it, and, and what's the message behind that song? Well, that, that song actually um, has its beginnings in a musical that we've written, um, my sister and I, about Norman Rockwell and his four freedoms. Oh, yeah. And that, is, and that song is the finale of our show, Rockwell. And, um, and so it was very interesting that, um, and, and this is, a, and the reason I got so, like Grant, I think writers do that you kind of get intrigued by history and by real life stories, and that that becomes the initial inspiration. And I had read about Rockwell that in World War II, um, actually in 1941, right before America got into World War II, uh, Roosevelt gave what was called, President Roosevelt, um, his State of the Union speech that was then nicknamed the Four Freedom Speech, because in it, it's the first time that he ever talks about we or we ever hear this term the four freedoms which was freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom from want and freedom from fear and um and nor and then of course within and he gave this speech because although america was more or less resistant of trying to get into another world war um and again you know in in europe which was across the ocean he knew that it was inevitable that we were going to be getting into this war and so it was kind of like his prelude and by um first uh, within um by you know december um 7th uh there's pearl harbor day and we are now in uh the war and um and so norman rockwell who was an, a very very famous at this time i mean a superstar um, and he was living in the small town of Arlington, Vermont, with his family and painting up a storm, doing all the uh, illustrations for the Saturday Evening Post, which was the magazine of the, of the, of the time. And, um, sure. And so he, he, um, he read this proclamation that, and, and this speech, and he knew all about the Four Freedoms. But, of course, Roosevelt was a very eloquent speaker, and Norman Rockwell wanted to paint these Four Freedoms. And he finally came up with an idea, and he ran down to Washington, D.C., and he went to the uh, War Department and the State Department. And again, because he was so famous, it's like George Clooney goes, you know, to, to the White House. Sure. Or, okay. uh, <laughs> you know, you know so, so anyway, although I don't think he's going to this White House. But anyway, um, he... Um, <laughs> So Norman Rockwell ran down to Washington, D.C., and they were, of course, very charmed by him to have Norman Rockwell. But he said, um, oh, no, um, you know, we, we're not interested in the last war. We used um, illustrators like you, but this time we want fine arts men, you know, real artists. 
And that kind of sets Norman Rockwell on this kind of emotional spin of, have I wasted my entire life as an artist? And what happened is, and this is what is so exciting about this, and you're talking about a beginning, a middle, and an end, and our whole show goes through his whole story saying, you know, where did he make any wrong turns that at the, you know, by the end when he's supposed to be so famous that they're still considering that he's not a real artist. But at the end, the irony is, is that the Saturday Evening Post publishes his idea. And when they do, it's at a time when we are losing the war and um, there is no money in our treasury. And these four freedoms, these paintings that everybody, when you see them, it's the Thanksgiving scene. It's the man standing up in the town hall. Um, it's the parents putting their children to sleep. These are very iconic paintings. And... Um, and so when they are published, the country goes crazy. And now the government comes back to Norman Rockwell, and they say, will you go on a tour with uh, your four freedoms? He raises $133 million, which is over wow. $2 billion today, and helped to change the tide of the war. I had never read this story or heard this story or studied this story, and I was fascinated with this. And so The Four Freedoms is the grand finale, and it talks about the meaning. And really, it's, it's kind of, it shows how art begets art begets art. It was for FDR who had this speech. It was Norman Rockwell who put it on canvas and paintings. And for me, doing all the research and with my sister, we came up with this song that basically describes what we think for today is so important to think about these four freedoms. And then, of course, we have Tony Award, Lilius White, who's one of Broadway's major powerhouses. And she just really, she thrills you. And it is a great tribute to heroes everywhere who protect mm. our freedom. And that's what, yeah, that's what Stand Up Proud is all about. That's amazing, and it's actually in for a nominee. Is is that correct? Well, no, it is. It, Grant has something to. We've all done the first ballot, and the okay. first ballot is okay. And everybody, you you basically, we made the first ballot. So that song is on the first ballot awesome. for song of the year. And Grant, what is mm -hmm. yours on? Because you also have the the one that you just played. Yeah, yeah, best and what American is Roots that? performance. That's wow. Yeah, Best American, American Roots. Roots. The Grammy nominations will come out uh, December 5th. So by okay. the time we'll know who the – they narrow it right. down from the initial round they, to, to the final round, and then there's the, the choice, which we won't know about till the Grammy Awards next uh, February 10th. That's, right. That has to be a little <laughs> nerve-wracking to have your song in, into a <laughs> submission <laughs> for the Grammys. Does it, does it ever yeah, make you nervous, fun. or is it just, you know – it is what it is at, at this point. <laughs> well, no, it is what uh, it is at this point. It's out of our control. So, we you know, think, we you, think you it's, it's really exciting. I, I mean, it's an honor to just to be in this whole world with all these mm -hmm. wonderful artists, to have your you know, song among you know, some really, really mm -hmm. you know, brilliant songs. And, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, there's an awful lot of our members that are all part of this. And so, yeah, yeah so it's, it's, it's fun. You know, it's not, you know, awards are fabulous because they do boost your career. There's no doubt about it. But an mm -hmm. award does not necessarily make the work 
important or or good or better. In other words, right. it's no. not about it's about the art itself, and good work stands on its own without any kind mm-hmm. of an award at all. And you know it. Yeah, everybody knows it when you see good work. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and 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 being you're a Grammy voter, correct, Eileen? Yes. Mm-hmm. We both are. Uh, oh, oh, you both are. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you have to see like uh, some submissions that are well worthy and then others mm-hmm. <laughs> that maybe just get passed along through is that mm-hmm. is that the case sometimes? Sure. I think it's well, always yeah. that way. You know, you're going to have a most stuff is – I mean, only only one can win a Grammy in any particular category. Only five can be nominated in any particular category. And there might be – if you look at the ballot, you know, there there is anywhere, depending on the category, anywhere from 150 to 1,050 uh, entries. So, of course, you know, not all of those are going to be of equal <laughs> of equal quality. That's for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not possible. But, but <laughs> it would be great if they the all won, but it's not possible. Even <laughs> – even the ones that are so extraordinary, because there are there are many that are extraordinary. Yeah. You know, when you look at the history of awards, um, I, I can. Okay, so this is a very good um, example. So, an album that I did, I put it together with twenty Tony Award winners, and it's like a little musical on CD with Judd Hirsch narrating. But I had to reach wow. out personally. I reached out to the Tony Award uh, performers to be able to do this because it was also a charity album to help uh, children. And um, so I, there were some people, some performers that I grew up with that I had seen on Broadway who were major, major stars. I just assumed that they were Tony Award winners. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh, my goodness, maybe they hadn't won a Tony Award. And one person in particular, I can still remember, I'm about to dial the number, and I look it up just I, for some reason. It went into my head, you better double check. And she wasn't a Tony Award winner. She should have been a Tony Award winner, but she wasn't. So that's what I'm saying. These awards, it is all, mm-hmm. it's luck, it's timing, it's just the mm-hmm. way it happens to go. When you look at the Broadway history, uh, the Music Man, which is a great musical, and everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. It was up yeah. against West Side Story. Well, West Side mm-hmm. Story, in today's world, you'd say, my God, that is the classic masterpiece of all time. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Music Man won the Tony Award, not West Side yeah. Story. That's a, sure. a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like well, like when Adele won the... Uh, 187 Grammys a couple of years ago, and then all of a sudden, uh, yeah. you know, but there were other great albums that year, but, you know, they don't win, so that's the right. way it goes. Only yeah. one can win. So it doesn't mean that those other things aren't great or even better, but it, that happened to be the flavor of the, the year. So there you go. Makes sense. Um, the big question I have, um, before we bring you home, we could probably talk here for hours. You, you both have so much to say, and Music's all well thought out and a lot of great stories behind it. But as far as any collaborative, any mm-hmm. thoughts, maybe taking this on like a worldwide tour, like making like a, like a year-long thing and be doing it in all different cities? What do you think about that conversation? <laughs> well, I yeah. think well, you're, you're on ahead, the right Alex, track. Sorry. Yeah, we are on yeah. the let Grant also talk, but you're on the right track. But we do have members all around the world, and we talk about this. 
I, you know, in particular, Grant and I have talked about this um, very, you know, uh, really seriously. This is not just a daydream. This is serious, and mm-hmm. we're just building up. You have to understand, the Indie Collaborative is not even three and a half years old yet. We're only, oh, wow. you know, like a little, yeah. This just has taken off like, uh, you know, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And it's just yeah. going to grow and get bigger. So, I mean, the sky's the limit, sure. really, with, with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you I, – I wonder if you ever thought about, like, how big musical festivals are, um, especially in this mm-hmm. country. Um, have you ever thought about that? Like, if it if it creates Putting an audience that big? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely – that's one of those things we've, we've thought about. It's really just a question of resources for the most mm-hmm. part, time and, and money, because, you know, it takes a lot of and, – and, and, of course, all of us who are in the Indie Collab, including Eileen and me who, who operate it, we have careers too. So we can't yeah. just – we'd have to change careers right. to, to just do the Indie Collab full-time. We'd have to stop our normal career. So um, – and it takes a lot of money, like the Carnegie Hall thing. And it's a big investment of – time and money to do these kind of things so if we were you know billionaires yeah we'd be doing exactly what you said <laughs> but we're not well, if so you're we, selling out Carnegie doing Hall we can. <laughs> you're on yeah. the right track but it is I was going to say it's, it's as a, much even if we were billionaires it's as much time as it is money you have yeah, to right. and, and, and Grant is right we are both balancing um uh, yes, I mean, and, and Grant yeah, and I, it, luckily, we, like, when he's super-duper busy, I've had a little bit more time, and when I'm super-duper busy, as I said, this my Norman Rockwell yeah. musical had a big showing this summer up in mm-hmm. Vermont at the Four Freedoms Festival, and it was yeah. at a time that Grant had, he, that during that little bit a of time, of he kind of picked up the slack, and then mm-hmm. he was somewhere else doing something else, then I pick up the slack, so so mm-hmm. far, we've been lucky. If we're super duper busy together, hmm, we're gonna have problems. Yeah, well, like this <laughs> one, leading up to Carnegie Hall. Yeah, sure. That's more people to get involved. So once again, we will yeah. um, we'll rehash it again for everybody listening. Tickets are still available November nineteenth, Carnegie Hall Indie Collaborative. We're gonna hear yeah. some great work from uh, our guest here, Eileen Sherman, Grant Malloy Smith. Uh, we definitely want to thank you both for coming on. We hate to cut you short, but uh, yeah. we've got to keep moving on. Great happiness. That's and okay. When the show's can over, I just, you just one more thing? May I sure, one go ahead. Thing? We're going to go any any yeah, any ahead. musicians that you have out there, and again, it doesn't cost a, a penny to join. Go to our website, indiecollaborative.com, and join and become part of this because it is really an exciting. It's a movement. It's an exciting, exciting movement. Sure. And if you do, you get a discount. To the Carnegie tickets, there's like ten dollars off on the Carnegie tickets if you're interested in going to the show. Join the join us, and you can get that discount. That sounds great, man. We're definitely something we run past a lot of our musicians because we're always looking for outlets and collaborations and doing shows. So that's perfect, and we really love what you're doing. It's excellent. Uh, so make sure you Thank check you. out some websites: cbsoriginals.com. That's Eileen Sherman, and you can check out Grant Malloy Smith at Grant Malloy Smith. Dot com. Check out their works, check out their music, and of course, again, IndieCollaborative.com to get more information on the show at Carnegie Hall on November 19th. Eileen Sherman, Grant Malloy-Smith, thank you so much for coming by. We'd love to have you back again 
more stories to tell. Maybe after this show, we'll get you back. Sound good? Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's going to be a great show we're doing. Have a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks a lot, folks. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. That was great. That, you know, it's you get art like that with just their stories are so in depth. Their music isn't, and like they said, their music isn't just like oh we're, we're playing songs and trying to sell music. There's history behind them. There's stories behind them. They're great songs. And this show stories. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was in New York, I think I'd be on my way to Carnegie Hall to check it out. It, it should be a great show. I know it's such a shame. I mean. <laughs> I wish we could just hop on a train in New York. I mean, in reality, we could, but in reality, it's also New York, and it's just that big that it's hard to get to sometimes. But Carnegie Hall, next Monday night, the 19th, wow, indie collab. Go check it out. If you're an aspiring musician, check out their website. See what you can do to get on the roster because it is worth it. It is that next level type exposure that you would like and to perform with all of these excellent Grammy winners, Grammy nominees. It's amazing. That is pretty amazing. It's it's a show that's just so chock full of talent and modest talent at that. They're very modest about that. They're out trying to help each other, working it together, trying to get more artists in. And that's an amazing thing. And I I really, I mean, I I hate to keep beating that point home, but I just wish we had more time to just keep going on because there's so much they had to say. And I had so much to say. (laughs) I just did not get it. I still had so much to ask. We had tons of questions lined up, but we really wanted to get um, the show. I mean, we really want to push the the show. It's big to them. And like I said, they put a lot of hard work into it and dedication. So we make sure that we spend as much time with the show as possible. Again, um, indie collaborative.com is the site for the show. There's going to be some great artists there. One will be with us shortly, uh, Woder Kellerman, a uh, flutist uh, from South Africa. should be calling us in shortly. Grant Malloy Smith will be there. Um, the music of Eileen Sherman. There's so much to do. That's great stuff. It's going to be excellent next Monday. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say really, really quickly, uh, tomorrow – Grant Malloy does have a book signing in New York City. So if you're interested, he just came out with not only a a Christmas song, but a children's Christmas book. It's called Fly, Possum, Fly. And it's very cute. And um, so if you're in the area, please check it out. And that's tomorrow. And we didn't even get to it because the show is so jam-packed. But we're very excited. (laughs) We are. It is jam-packed. Jewel came up with the bell. 30 questions with topics to ask them both, but when they both got started with telling the stories behind their music, that, that excites us too. Definitely want to hear the origins and where they're from and how they got involved. And like I said, more of the indie collaborative, because that's really the bread and butter. That's what they're here for. So we did it and we thank them. We played some songs from them as well. They were great. Both great interviews. Both got a lot of good stuff to say. Excellent. Yeah. You have to, you have to get the music in. Like we always like try our best to get, everyone heard on this show. So, I mean, we need the music. Absolutely. <laughs> I got to have the music. The music is what makes it go around. And uh, like I said, we're going to present to some of our talented bands that have been on the show and maybe they can join and maybe this will be a giant festival or world tour that other bands will jump on. Indie collaborative. I can world tour. so see Brandon Messon being a part of this. Like, can't yes, you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. 
That's he is just a driven young yeah. man who is so super serious about his craft, and he's an excellent musician. So, Brandon, we're going to have to have a talk. <laughs> yeah, like I see him on Facebook, and he's always just trying to get performances. He's always trying to play music, which is awesome. He's always asking people, is anybody doing anything? What's gigs? What's going on? That's awesome. He's very dedicated. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, we got a few minutes before uh, we're supposed to be joined by uh, Water Kellerman. Uh, speaking of music and musicians, something real quick I had to share. Uh, this past Thursday, I finally went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody, Joel. Of course, the story of the great, late great Freddie Mercury and the band Queen. Um, I know, I heard you screaming after you saw it. (laughs) Yeah, just incredible. Number one, I wanted to just say what a great movie it really is. Uh, Number two, I want to give props to the incredible job they did. They do the Live Aid scene, uh, the Live Aid performance. And although they take one or two of the songs out for movie time, the choreography and the moves and the, the songs and the actions of the band are Dead, exact, perfect. It's almost like you're watching the actual video, so it's amazing. Um, the one thing is, though, and, and this struck me as a little surprising, a little disappointing maybe, um, that so many of the critics were like, well, it doesn't tell all about Freddie Mercury, and, and leaves stuff out, and doesn't really touch on his homosexual side. And then the band members like, like Brian May came out and said, look, it's a movie about Queen. It's not a Freddie Mercury biography pick. It's a Queen movie. And, you know, we want to show the good side of what got us there, the good side of Freddie and his talents and our talent as a band. So go see it for that. Don't read critic stuff and think, oh, it's not going to be anything, because it's phenomenal. It moved me. That Live Aid scene, I'm telling you, Jewel, I got choked up. I almost started to cry. My wife didn't get it. She's like, you know, like, going to cry? I'm like, if you would have seen the original Live Aid footage and then to watch how they replay it on screen it's just that good it chills it gave me absolute chills you almost feel like you almost feel like freddie's back alive it's just that amazing but i wanted to give it props and uh kind of don't always ride with the critics say because you know try to do a misjustice to a phenomenal picture that's insane and freddie mercury was one of the all-time greats i didn't know his extra teeth added to his vocal abilities that like blew my yeah. mind something he always got picked on for so gotta love freddie mercury and um i definitely want to say i rarely listen to critics because you know i like what i like and um critics say that a lot of movies are bad because it's not up to your standards people might really go for it so good job getting out to the movies and giving us that review (laughs) thank you very much what i do here uh but no bro it's um yeah, it was good. At the end, I had, like I said, I got a little bit of a chill. I thought it was excellent. Oh. And uh, critics get paid to overly dissect, I think, anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, Walk the Line is one of the best movies ever, and that was a biopic from Johnny Cash. So I wonder, like, they have an Elton John movie coming out. I wonder who would play, like, yeah. Springsteen. I wonder who would play, like, Paul McCartney. Well, that one kid did in Across the Universe, but, you know, in yeah. an actual biopic. Makes you wonder. They tried to get me to play um, the lead singer from Disturbed. Ah. Uh, and um, shoot down. <laughs> they were going to say Anthrax. Well, <laughs> yeah, got it in. I couldn't get the beard long enough. I don't look like you a know, lot of No, I get a lot. 
Jeff, what musician I get a lot? Well, two, actually. No, I don't. Hard rock chick and a pop chick. Alanis Morissette? No! Come on. Oh, I, <laughs> Amy what? Lee and Katie Oh, Perry. yes. Katie Perry. I don't know why. I look nothing like Katy Perry. And you're but. looking at you in a whole different way. What's up there, Katy Perry? <laughs> oh, jeez. We have a caller yet. <laughs> no, right? I do like that. I do get the, the Amy Lee thing I see, and I do love Amy Lee. She is a phenomenal talent. She just has an amazing voice. She's a tremendous singer. Big fan. It's awesome. <laughs> you're, like, staring there, like, waiting for the call, so I cut off. Staring at you, looking like Amy Lee. <laughs> uh, we are expecting um, Walter Kellerman. If we don't get him, we apologize. We did play his song uh, Malika earlier. It's a fantastic piece. Uh, Grammy nominated. South African artist. He is in town as well for this uh, indie collaborative. So that should be awesome. Um, That's such a cool concept. Again, let me just reiterate: like, they don't ask for certain credentials. Like, it's open to everyone. Um, there might be some sort of screening process, but the, all they really ask for is for you to be a true professional musician. Like, love your craft, love yeah. what you do, and they will support you. I think that is phenomenal, and we need so much more of this. And this is just the outlet that some people need that that they might not have the chance to get. So so incredible. We can't stress it enough. And I could just see this going on for years and years and years to come. So truly a great oh, and, yeah. cause and, and show to put on. Certainly being passed down from generations and just continue with all different walks of music. Um, like Grant said, serious music, not just, you know, and it was kind of funny because I always say that about country music, not about <laughs> a pickup truck. Although we say girl cut off shorts, I I always like a story about that. But I get rich. <laughs> I get well, rich he reminds from he reminds me of like the old twangy country that we love. So, so looks like we have another call coming in. Uh, let's go to the line right now and check it out. Welcome to the Yo Show. I believe this is uh, Walter Kellerman. Hi, yes. Uh, hi, Jeff. Uh, this is this is Walter speaking. Yes. Hello. How are you? Huh? Hi, Jewel. Hi. <laughs> Very nice to chat to you guys. You as well. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out. We uh, we kind of got a late notice. So you're in town, and um, they really wanted to get you on and talk about the show. So we're really glad you could be here. The Indie Collaborative uh, is coming up Monday. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this and um, what you expect and what we can expect to hear from you. Um, yes, I, I've actually known Grant uh, Malloy-Smith um, for a long time, and we actually um, we sort of started this concept of bringing together the, all the independent musicians. We, we took some road trips and um, met people in their different towns and, and um, you know, introduced them to our music and got introduced to their music, and it was just... Uh, really satisfying and beautiful process that we went through and then uh, Grant and, and Gail um, decided to to initiate the Indie Collab and so they asked me to join them uh, on this concert at Carnegie Hall um, and I would, uh, that's a no-brainer I, I, I played in Carnegie Hall in, in 2014 and 2015 and absolutely loved it oh, awesome. um, and, and uh, 
this time I'm bringing my um, uh, friend and South African, uh, very well-known South African jazz pianist, Vessel van Rensburg. He's actually um, living in Amsterdam now. He's coming over from, from Holland. And uh, we will be joined by percussionist Matthew Burgess and bassist Brian Hinchcliffe and uh, guitarist Peter Jansen. Um, so, and, and that my part of the show is the world music part. So we'll do some world music, which is um, quite uh, some African influences being from South Africa, but also some Irish and um, Latin influences in our set. How, how did you get into world music? Uh, I, I, we know you're from South Africa. Um, did you do a lot of traveling um, as you were young to get a feel from, because world seems so broad, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, it comes off beautifully. Did you, did you, you know, take influence from different genres from home or, or did you do a lot of traveling? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I actually grew up in a classical household. So in, in our house, there was only classical music. But um, when my mom went to work in the mornings, she worked half day, um, the lady who looked after me in the mornings played only African music. So oh, I, wow. got, I, I, <laughs> I got exposed to a lot of African music at a very young age. When I started playing the flute, it was the, the normal classical road, and I learned the classical way, but in my mind was always um, other music that I was, was listening to. Um, um, and I also got exposed quite early to some, some Greek, Portuguese music, and as soon as I could, when, when I started traveling, I got exposed to a lot of the different music. So finally, when I started writing my own music about 12 years ago, all those influences came through and, and sort of had some presence in the new music that I was writing. Sure. That's yeah. terrific. Uh, it, it sounds very crisp. We played one of your songs, uh, Malika. We loved it. thought it was just a great song. Um, so pretty. When, when you get into yeah. the music, is it, is it about the instrument first and then the lyrics kind of come about, or do you just kind of put everything together as one big song? Um, well, if, if it's music that I, I write myself, normally the, um, the music comes first, and then when I um, get my band to come join me on the song, then as we workshop the song, you know, some lyrics will, will come through because everybody in my band sings. Um, so, um, in my South African band, um, so, you know, that's normally how the lyrical part of my songs. But in the case of Malaika that you were listening to, that was actually um, a Swahili song um, that's an already existing song. And um, it's, it's the, um, the guy laments the fact that he's in love with this girl and he can't afford to marry her because in South Africa we have something called Lobola where you have to, you know, you have to pay... The, the woman's family um, some kind of wow. amount to, to be allowed to, to marry a dowry, exactly. So that's, yeah. that's what that song is about. But usually when I write my own music, it's sort of an organic process. You know, we just, I normally sit with my guitarist and we just play anything that comes to mind. And most, most things that we try are no good, but every now and then we hit a sweet spot and we find something nice and we keep it. You know, and then once sure. we've got some structure, we 
um, we get the the rest of my band to join and we workshop the song and that's normally how we write. It's a pretty easy, organic process. Great. It's, it's so beautiful. The, the song is so beautiful. How how do you write? Do you need to be in a certain space? Um, do you, do you draw like, from from your past? Like how do you how do you actually com- sit down and compose your songs? Well, it started off actually, you know, being uh, classically trained. Um, I never thought of myself as a composer or someone who writes music. Um, but when I started to uh, cross the borders and and into different types of music, I sat with my uh, classical guitarist, and we both were clueless at that stage when it comes to <laughs> improvisation. So, yeah. so what we did, he was he, he was also my yoga teacher. Um, so we would do yoga for an hour and a half, and then we'll just sit and and because we were both clueless and really bad at improvising, we we, we felt quite free around each other <laughs> to just make mistakes and do anything, you know. And if it sounded bad, you, you didn't care, you know. Um, and uh, that, and and I think the the yoga that we did um, was um, very calming. And one of the pieces uh, we'll play on uh, next Monday at Carnegie Hall is called Half Moon, which is actually named after yoga posture that we were struggling with at the time. So you know that's how it started. But at the moment, um, when I do write. I can, I sort of, uh, the, the inspiration comes anywhere. I don't have to be in a specific space. And I'm not one of those people who um, have to feel inspired. You know, I just, I just write anyway, because I, I, I find that how it, how, that's how it works. You know, you feel very uninspired. And if you wait for inspiration to come, you can wait a very long time. <laughs> so, so I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just go ahead and write anyway, you know. If it's bad, then I just throw it away. But invariably, if you just start working at it, something happens and something starts clicking. And, you know, most of the times I, I do have dry spots where I spend five hours a day for months on end without coming up with anything nice. And I'm very critical of, uh, of myself. Um, so I, I'm very, I very easily throw away things that don't work. Um, but you know, you just have to keep on working, and um, and invariably, after a while, you'll you'll find the the nice bits coming through. Great. That's what we noticed. Um, that's what we noticed with, with every guest that's been on here tonight: Grant uh, Malloy, Smith, and Eileen Sherman. Um, there's a lot of story behind music. Uh, they're not just writing things the right thing. Like you said, there's stuff that you'll throw away. Um, do you notice that there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't work for you? Like you think it's great and you set it up and then it stinks and you toss it? How many? How often does that happen? It happens a lot. You know, with the, with the last album that I made, um, it was a collaboration with the uh, Soweto Gospel Choir. Uh, it was an album for Nelson Mandela. And we did it with Soweto Gospel Choir and symphony orchestra um so um we had to write some new music for that and um i spent about a month of five hour days writing songs um and then i sort of presented it um but uh to my co-producers and they didn't like anything i did in the whole month (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) not not one thing but I also spent five minutes jamming with my friend 
Um, and they liked both those ideas that came up in those five minutes. So it's just unpredictable, <laughs> you know. So that that ended those those that five minutes ended up to being, you know, just amazing. And two of the songs came from, you know, from that. That's how the two of the songs were started. You know. Do you, do you ever get stressed out by that? Do you ever get burdened by maybe they won't like my piece because you you did perform in front of Nelson Mandela himself, like. How important was that? And do you ever, just do you ever get stage fright and or stressed about about your music? Um, I used to, you know, um, in my classical um, when I was playing only classical music, I got quite stressed sometimes because um, everything has to be so perfect, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the, the sort of the accent is on perfection. Um, but you know, having done all those all those years of scales and technical exercises, um, and, um, I um, I now found I find things pretty easy because I've done the work. Mm-hmm. So I find I can I can actually relax into it, um, and I'm, I don't get um, very nervous anymore. Um, I I'm able, to, and if I do get a bit nervous, it actually just makes me play better so um you know it just gives me that extra edge that makes me concentrate harder and try harder so um somehow over the years i've found a way and um, like that day you know when i it was on nelson mandela day i'd written the solo piece for for him like a five minute of solo flute only uh, and there was a big stadium there was a um, it was nelson mandela day there was a big sports matches in the afternoon um, and um, I was very worried about how those people are going to react to a five minute flute solo and um, so it was pretty <laughs> stressful <laughs> but um, but it turned out beautifully because you know in my flute solo I also have I use some very novel techniques like uh, beatboxing while playing flute which wow. is called flute boxing yeah alright yeah, so, um, <clears throat> so you know it's it's actually quite interesting. The flute is a very versatile instrument. And you can use all kinds of different colors and textures um, in in the creation of your music and in the playing. So I, I have found over the years I've been able to relax into you know, because you know you work so hard um, and um, for so many years, and when you finally get to perform your music, you you do really want to enjoy it. You don't want to be stressed. Otherwise, it's all sort of pointless if you just work really, really hard and then you don't even enjoy the process of performing. So, um, you know, you have to find a, a way to relax into it and enjoy it, which, which I'm, I, I do enjoy very much. My, my favorite part of, of my job is actually rehearsing with the musicians because that's when we, do, we get to be creative. Uh, and then the second favorite part is the actual performance which is just lovely because you could connect you can you know spread your message and and just play from the heart and connect with 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 the audience yeah and i feel that's the same i mean growing up playing sports i feel it's the same way you know you put in your work you do your practices and and come game time you feel a little more relaxed performing so uh, I feel there's exactly. a connection there. Um, I have to say, it, it takes me back to my first concert. I don't know if you're familiar with the the flutist um, Jim Horn, but he played with John Denver, and he he was like yes. 
the first uh, flute performer I, that I've seen, and and he was just amazing. And he just, I mean, the the flute really brought all of John Denver's songs. I mean, he had it in most of his songs alive. So it, it's such a beautiful instrument, and you play it so well. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, and not only yeah. not only your own music, but you also do a lot of amazing covers. Uh, I just heard your version of Havana, and it was, oh, it was yes. so great. Uh, my my daughter <laughs> loves that song too. Um, <laughs> do you think you'll continue to do covers? And and what do you like to do uh, the most covers of? Do you do you have any artists today that you really um, admire? Um, yeah, we've actually we've just done. Um, a cover. I'm, I'm, I've teamed up with a beautiful young youth choir in South Africa called the Nlobu Youth Choir, and we did a version of Ed Sheeran's "Shape of You" just a, a few weeks ago, and it's it's gone completely viral. It's um, it's gone crazy. We in the first three weeks we had more than a million views on Facebook and wow. closing up in a half a million views on on YouTube. Um, but it's you know, it, this choir is, is, is such a beautiful story because they're all lost kids who've had very, very troubled childhoods that are now singing um, in this choir. And um, you can look it up on, on YouTube, but they are amazing. They're just so beautiful and so expressive. So, um, yes, we, you know, um, I do find I, I, I strike a balance between creating my mu- my own music and doing. If there's a specific melody that I love, you know, I, I'd love to. I I do my own version of it. You know, I do find that that's very satisfying. And often my own version is is very different. You know, like the Havana um, cover that you're talking about is done by only flutes. You know, I, I use the normal flute. The, the the bass flute, and then the contrabass flute, which is this huge um, uh, flute that's taller than I am, and um, wow. combining those flutes, uh, flutes, um, flutes in the song. So I, I try and make a very fresh version of of whatever. If I if I love a melody or I, I find a song very interesting, um, I find a way to, to to do a cover that's fresh. That's yeah. amazing. Um, so getting back to uh, indie collaborative, um, obviously you, you're coming all the way to the United States to be part of it. Um, did you ever think of maybe trying to orchestrate something on your end of the world and then maybe travel that through that part, like make indie collaborative like worldwide? Um, yeah, um, you know we uh, that's something we've been <laughs> chatting about, uh, and <laughs> I do uh, I do uh, uh, know a lot of people in. You know, in South Africa, because that's where I grew up, and I know a lot of musicians there. Um, um, but yeah, I, uh, that would be beautiful to do. It's just you know, so many things to do, so little time. But um, that's definitely right. something that that I would still like to uh, keep, um, you know find some time to do and get people to. Uh, I I sort of I do that anyway in my concerts. I I bring some. Um, back in the, my last concert in Johannesburg, I, I brought this in Glover Youth Choir, and I had a Nigerian artist flying from Nigeria to join me in South Africa, and we could we we collaborate, you know, um, which I think is the one of the main um, sort of uh, 
principles that we that we want to that we're trying to follow in, in the collabs. People can collaborate and create something new. Um, so that that I do anyway is just part of my musical lifestyle. Awesome. Um, I noticed that, uh, and you mentioned how many people you know out in your homeland. You got tons of followers. We look at all your social media. You got tons of people to follow you that love your music. Uh, you also mentioned that, uh, like Nelson Mandela, and all these awards you're winning. What is like your biggest thrill so far? What do you feel is your biggest accomplishment so far through your career? Well, I I think uh, the Grammy must be the Grammy because you know that's that's the highest acc- accolade um, that a musician can achieve, and so we we won a Grammy for that. Yet a, it's another collaborative album um, that I collaborated with Ricky Cage, an Indian. Uh, producer and composer and we did an album um, that um, along the themes of Nelson Mandela, Mahatma Gandhi and the the themes of peace, love and tolerance and that won a Grammy in um, in 2015 Um, and that was just um, an amazing, mind blowing (laughs) experience (laughs) you know, I think any any musician you know uh, and um, you know, um, other highlights was the next year I, I got another Grammy nomination. Of, of, uh, I've won some South African Grammys called um, uh, SAMAs, which stands for South African Music Awards. Uh, and a, 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 in terms of live performance, a big highlight was performing at the Soccer World Cup closing ceremony in 2010, um, which was then held in South Africa for, and there were 700 million people watching. So that was just to present South Africa, you know, in that moment um, was just really something I'll never forget. Yeah. And and after after the Carnegie Hall performance, are are you still going to be touring? Um, I'm, that's sort of my, basically the end of my tour. I've actually just come off. A, I was in Australia, then South Africa, then I a few different cities in. Um, in India, um, and then I was in Geneva, a concert wow. for the UN in Amsterdam, um, and now you know I've just arrived in the US, and that's the end of the tour. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be spending some more time in the in the US to do some collaborative um, work, um, but then after that, um, that's the end of the tour. Um, it's been been a, a two months of constant touring. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. we would love a long to see you perform yeah. live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get um, get it filled up for Pennsylvania on your map next time around. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll come check you out. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah, New York's tough on a on a weekday. Just <laughs> the, the traffic yeah, is something. <laughs> yeah. 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 We you know we had to do it on a Monday night because. Uh, Aileen wanted to do her Broadway um, performance, and that's when Broadway, uh, the, the Broadway singers have got their off night. So, um, you know, oh, that so that's why we decided to do it. Yeah, <laughs> so it worked out beautifully. <laughs> that's what made us do it on a Monday night. That's terrific. It, it should draw a great crowd just from what we heard tonight from, from the artist. Um, and like you say, getting somebody all the way from South Africa who is an accomplished award-winning musician is definitely worth it. So if you're listening in, 
you're in the New York area, check it out. Indie Collaborative, November 19th at Carnegie Hall. You can check out Mr. Kellerman here and his excellent flute work. Tremendous. We are just so happy you took time to be with us tonight. Um, so after the tour, you said you're going to go back home. More music, more writing? You're going to get right to it or take a little break? Um, I, I, I'll i do more writing and more music. I've, I... Um I'm not very good at taking breaks. I, I'm always <laughs> writing, always <laughs> practicing. So um, I'm definitely excited to do some, some more new um, work. After last year's album, um, Symphonic Soweto is the name of the album, was, was really extremely exhausting. So now what I'm doing is just a fun project where I do a song at a time. And I just do a collaboration, sometimes writing new material, sometimes um, doing cover and just having fun with it so over Christmas New Year that's what I'll be doing um, and that's, I'm really looking forward to that Excellent um, yeah. we always ask the same question for everybody we get on the show because we love all our acts uh, is there a chance we can get you on in the near future bring you back on Sorry say that again Is there a chance we can get you back on down the road after you write some more music bring you back on the show Yes Yes, we'd love Excellent. to. We'd love Thank to come you back. So much. I'll, I'll keep you guys. I'll keep you guys informed if I then the next song we release. Actually, we just released a, a video today. Um, oh wow! Called "Love Gets Old." Um, it's actually a Chris Boaty song. Um, the trumpeter Chris Boaty. He, he recorded it first, and we did it. I did it. Um, a fresh version with flute and violin. Uh, Kelly Holt Tompkins, the violinist um, of the uh, fiddler of Fiddler on the Roof, the, the just, okay. that's just been on Broadway. She, um, so I did a collaboration with her. We just released a video today. So that's brand new. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll keep you informed. I would love to come back on and chat you guys again. Uh, thank you Excellent. so much. And we'll be sure to post that. And we're so much looking forward to new material from you. And um, good luck on, on the show and, and wherever you land after that. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Loved, loved chatting to you. Thank you. Let's run it down real quick again. It's IndieCollaborative.com. That's where you can get information on the show. November 19th, Carnegie Hall. And uh, for the website, I'm going to spell it out for you. Kellerman.com. You can check out all his wonderful work. And good luck Monday night, and thank you so much for taking time to come away from South Africa coming into the U.S. and spending time with us on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, looking forward to chatting the next time. Absolutely. Thank you. Have, a, have yourself a great evening. Take care. Good night. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> I noticed a, I notice a difference, Jewel, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm an American. I love America, but you just notice a little different feel behind, behind like a foreign artist. A um, little more mild, a little more soft-spoken, very proud of what they do, but they don't really brag about what they do, what is great. Um, you know, Mr. Kellerman tonight, Woder, I kept thinking I'm saying his name wrong because there's so many different people pronounce it so many different ways. Um, but we had him, we had Tony Chen on the past, and um, there was like you could feel the smile on their face just talking about their traits and their trends and their music and, and what they do. And he's, he's traveled 
everywhere. He's collaborated with so many people, so many things, won awards. It's amazing. We had such a great list of guests tonight, very established. I'm, like, blown away. I know. Such an eclectic but amazing list that just formed here tonight on the show. I'm so glad we got – I mean – in a sense, like each one of them could have had their own their own segment on 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 the stoop, and uh, I just wish we had more time because there's so much to talk about and everything. But the main thing is the Carnegie Show next week, November 19th. If you missed it, I, I mean, we're gonna post the links to buy your tickets. Like, get there if you can. I wish, I wish I could get there. It's just a little tough on a Monday coming from Philadelphia, but. It's going to yeah, be an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Like I said, if the three guests we had on tonight or anything like that show is going to be, it's going to blow us away. Once again, big thanks to uh, Beatrice Kimmel. Um, yeah. She just does great work, brings us great people. And if she's listening in, which she usually does, she usually checks us out and listens to her, um, to her uh, clients. Uh, big thank you. And we got a little nervous because... We had Eileen and Grant, and then today she's like, you know, I'd like to get um, Walter on the show as well. He's in the U.S. He wants to be on. I'm like, wow, i got three people now. But we made it work out. It worked out great, and I, I couldn't be any more excited. Jewel just wiped her brow. I agree. It was a little, uh, little scary. It's, there's Grammy Awards and, and Broadway writers and all that just coming out of the woodwork, and that that's a little, uh, you know, so scary. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't even matter, Jeff. If, if they're coming on our show, we like to put in the work and we like to deliver the best interview we can. We want to know the absolute sure. most about our guests. And because all of our guests are so amazing, it's just it, it's yeah. tough to fit it all in in a Crunch Tribe segment. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. You're all amazing. We so can't wait to see you live in person and perform. So I just... I absolutely love all our, our guests, and um, yeah, can't wait to see them here in the tri-state area. I agree. We got to get more of them in the Philly. Absolutely, <laughs> got to yeah. get more of them in the Philly because we become um, we're junkies for it. I, I love all kind of music. I love finding new music, and um, one of the big things when and I know I tell the story a few times, and I'll keep telling it. One of the big things that me and Joel talked about when we first sat down about this show and doing it together was music of all walks. Um, big artists, smaller artists, up and comings, uh, established award winners. And it's just all that. We, we love it. This is, it's just great. And you know what? People look at Jeff and say, Oh, he's only into metal. And people might look at me and say, Oh, she's only into hip hop. Like, no, we love. And a lot of times we agree on, especially with our guests, Take, for example, like, the Dead South. Like, man, did we not become instant fans of theirs, like, overnight? So, it just, if you put out great content and you're passionate about your work, it definitely shows. And you might even get the chance to perform with a cool group like the Indie Collaborative that Eileen and Grant have put together here. I mean, this is just phenomenal, and I just can't say it enough. And I think I'm going to bring this up to every independent artist that comes on our show. How about that? Yeah. You could be the, um, the Philly representative, kind of the pusher of it and, and move them and make connections. That's all. Why not? That, that's, that's my dream. Awesome. I mean, that's what I love sure. to do. I love to have on unsigned artists and independent artists. Like I just think 
they need a voice if they deliver great music. So um, I'm all for it. And hey, Eileen, I'm I'm here if you want to just hire me for that sole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And it's not just um, it's not just the musicians and not just the up and comers. We've had established celebrities on here that are awesome as well that really mm-hmm. get into the the Steve Howie, the House Sparks, uh, the Bobby Browns, and the Eric Leniacs, and the list goes on and on and on. They're all they all have great stories, and it's all a very humble beginning, struggle, work, get to the top. And that's what it's all about. Seriously, and even take for my cousin for example, she I mean. She had a rougher upbringing than even I did. Like that girl worked to the top to become an actress in one of the top grossing movies of all time. So, you know, people come from humble beginnings and you just have to appreciate that. And there's a, there's a third coming out. Am I correct? Yeah. Ted three. Look out for it. And we uh, we want to get her back on when that comes out. We definitely want to talk to her about that. She's outstanding. It's Jessica Barr, in case anybody's wondering. Um, phenomenal. Beautiful. Wonderful actress. Great to talk to. Terrific interview. And uh, a relative of our very own Jewel Tatey. Yes. Thank one you. One step back. It's one step back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. So coming up uh, over the next couple of weeks, we do have some guests lined up and more music. Uh, Wednesday, November 14th. This one's big. Jewel is so amped. Stacy oh K. Woo! <laughs> she was like, like fan geek, and that's Wednesday, November 14th. Stacy K, singer rap, be here on our show. Monday, November 19th, country pop artist and actor Brian Feldudo. Yes. Very exciting. And for we also, that. Wait. Nope. Wait. What? Got double, <laughs> double header that night. We do. Artist Mark Kingswood, that list. For Monday. All right, excellent. Wow, surprise yeah. guest announcement. If you're still tuned in. I am sorry, but that just happened. Okay, that's excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Another double header. You know how well we do with the double headers and triple headers and stress. Well, yeah, there's no there's no show Wednesday, so we had to make up for that. But we're supposedly seeing the dead sale. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. The missus is uh, very leery about going into town the night before Thanksgiving. It's on the fence. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> well, she <geez. laughs> Yeah, I know. Speaking of bands and things that we're going to see, though, um, Love just, announced <laughs> just announced that Park Casino May 2nd, White Snake. Oh. oh yeah. I am going to go get metal, hair metal geeked out May 2nd. Park Casino with Jeff, me. you anyway. have to meet my brother in law. He's like the biggest White Snake fan ever. What's up, Brian? Really? You have to meet him. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring them to your Halloween party, so, yeah, you guys will get along famously. Famously. Indubitably. <laughs> so, um, let's get back, because that's uh, the 19th, uh, <laughs> doubleheader. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, the night for Thanksgiving, we won't be here. Of course, Thanksgiving, we won't be here as well. But then we come back Monday the 26th for the show I'm geeked about. You want to talk about getting geeked? I'm so geeked. Monday the 26th being a Philly person and seeing this face every morning when I woke up before she left us. Mm. Former Philly news anchor, motivational speaker, and all-around gorgeous, amazing woman, Misha Johnson, has agreed to join us here. 
I am so excited. She is the sweetest, just the most uplifting and just amazing woman. I am so excited to talk to her. That is uh, Monday the 26th. Very amped to get her on here. Uh, we love that. And, of course, Wednesday, November 28th, the queen of the Yo Show slash the Stoop. One of our best guests, one of our most frequent guests, one and only Lilith from Lilith and the Night. Yeah. New song that just yeah, she just premiered a brand new song, and we're going to have it here for you as well before it makes its full release on the 30th. We're going to have it here on the 28th. We love Lilith. Talk about an amazing actor, uh, actress, sorry. Talk about an amazing artist. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific voice, badass chick, gorgeous, sweet. She calls us all the way from London, England, like 2 in the morning her time, and joins us on the show. She's amazing. She's incredible. I mean, I will give her the queen. I'll be the princess of the Osho. She could be the queen because <laughs> she's been here before me. She's She makes me feel less than human because she's that perfect and sweet and awesome, and I love her. Amazing music, amazing dancer. Like, she's just that woman. I, I asked her, I'm like, you know, what what is your workout routine? And she's like, I just dance. I'm like, all right, well, you're perfect. So that's yeah, it is. for me and my life. <laughs> Love her, though. She is, she is the sweetest, seriously. She really is. She's an amazing interview. And um, I just like getting her on and hearing her say, awesome. It's awesome. awesome. It's so I awesome. It. I don't think we announced yet, but... Guess who's back? Guess who's, who's going back? on a world tour? The Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. All the Spice Girls oh, are back. Oh, man. And the Backstreet Boys are back, too. Backstreet Boys also headed well, on a world tour. Backstreet Boys have been back. Let me just say something real quick. I have seen the Spice Girls live. I've seen the Backstreet Boys about 10 times live because I was obsessed with Nick Carter. But I wouldn't mind seeing the wow. Spice Girls again because they are, first of all, they all look amazing and they're awesome. Mm. Besides the one that isn't going to show up. And they made fun of her, so that's super cool of them to do that. <laughs> made fun of Victoria. Well, you know, Victoria has, has become bigger than Spice Girls, I guess. Being Mrs. Beckham, I guess, makes you... That's what made you, though. Very high up. That's what made you get your husband. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I don't see any reason why she shouldn't join in. But she was the one that they always turned the microphone low. And... Yeah. I talked to Mel B before. I said hi to her, and she said hi back. I think that translates as a conversation. <laughs> Thanks for hooking me up, Mel B. Love her. I was like, oh, Melanie! Yeah. And she was walking to her tour bus, and she said, hello. Hello. I love you. Kiss love my you. ass, crazy American girl. Seriously. <laughs> right. I was like nine. That's darling. Uh, great show again tonight. Once again, thank you to the three-headed super talent monster Oof. we had on here tonight. Eileen Sherman, Grant Malloy smith Water Kellerman, Indie Collaborative. Next Monday at Carnegie Hall. Wow, Carnegie Hall. That's so big. Really big. It's great stuff. I, I, you know what? Be- you're, you're too Philly when you say... Now I'm going to mess up his name. Wilder. Wilder. Wilder? There's a Wilder. Wilder. I mean, because, like, I started calling him, earlier I thought it was, like, a Easttown and Wilder, and then you said it was 
Welter, and then Eileen and Grant called him Wouter. Well, Wouter. Well, Grant has a little twang, too, so you can't count on, you know, accents that combine because we have the Philly, and that just gets all mixed up because we say water. <laughs> oh, we don't say anything right around here, so don't be offended, Mr. Kellerman, for us saying our yeah. name right wrong because people, be all the same. Philly, <laughs> people in Philly can't pronounce anything. I pronounce <laughs> my own name. Terrific show, though. Um, pretty much did what we expected, running pretty much close to the end of time, about four minutes left. Uh, again, things to do if you're in the area. Make sure you go out and see Bohemian Rhapsody, fantastic movie. Um, oh, yeah, do that. The 19th. <laughs> That's Carnegie the important Hall from the New York area. What? What happened? What? What did I forget? What did I miss? Carnegie Hall, November 19th. I know. I said Carnegie Hall like a million times. Oh, the Heyman just joined. Heyman, right before we got go. Heyman's in the house. He made say it. Hey. Really hey. That's your job. Just hey. to say. Hey. Got a hey <laughs> He's the Hey Yo Man. Hey Yo. The Hey Yo Man. I like it. He almost missed it today. He almost didn't get on. <laughs> he got on with three minutes change left. Right now he's going to go listen to the Joe Rogan replay on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Like I say, he's one up on me. I, I got the speech again tonight. Um, sure night, right, honey? Yep, sure night. Mm, I really should start listening. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I actually my pressure my father to listen because he's a fan of everything we just talked about. So I'm like, Father, you need to listen. So what's up, uh, Dad? Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Mr. Mr. T, thanks for listening. Mr. T, I pity the fool that don't listen to my daughter's radio show. Yeah, be pretty badass. <laughs> my Mr. T, impersonation, ladies and gentlemen, you know it's getting near the end of the show when I start whipping out horrible impersonations and running out yep. of witty things to say. But no, seriously, we thank everybody that listens, uh, especially family, because that means the most. It does. My family uh, still doesn't know when to say I have a show. <laughs> <laughs> My brother knows once a year when I make a Super Bowl prediction. It's the only time he worries about what I talk about on the show because he likes to say <laughs> that I'm wrong. That's the only time he listens. Yeah. But we still crank it out. It's not about that. It's about the artist. It's about you listeners out there that you take your time out and listen to us. Jill Tady, ladies and gentlemen, is doing the official pee-pee dance as we speak. <laughs> You're pee-pee dancing. She told me from this because she had to go to bed. So let oh, her go. Oh, we'll Jeff. Jeez. <laughs> Everybody goes to the bathroom. Like that book, everybody poops. You have to poop, see? So, for Jeff the Shark Perini <laughs> and Joel the Kind of Daddy, who does not have to go to the bathroom for the record, we wish you all the best, America and Africa and Australia and Germany yeah. and Korea, because we love our listeners in Korea. Shout us a line if you're in Korea listening. Woo-woo. We love you all. Absolutely. We love you all. And, of course, don't be a douche. And be nice to people, even the crappy ones. Because they need love, too. I I meant to say that I heard that somewhere. Somebody signed off for that somewhere. That's original. I swear to God, I I heard it somewhere. And now I'm saying it because I knew that's yours. And somebody said, I'm like, wait a minute. I got it from somewhere, but I'm not going to reveal my source. No. (laughs) No. 
homage to you. But I'll pay um, homage to whoever I got it from. Homage. Homage. So All right, on that note, we're Audi 5000. Thank you again, seriously. Thank you for joining the year's year. Don't forget www.indiecollaborative.com, ebsoriginals.com for Eileen Sherman, grantmalloysmith.com for grantmalloysmith, and waterkellerman.com for waterkellerman. Thank you for joining the U Show and have a great evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.